be messed up if we did this whole thing and it's recording through the laptop because we missed a spot because we're rushing. Man, I hate rushing things. Let's just take a breath. All Not Dumb Podcast. I am your host, Iron Man Abdullah. And I'm here, Shimon Warden, the biz. Shimon Warden here. Happy New Year. This is our first podcast of the year, 2019. I'm not ready, but okay, we're going to get it happen, get it making. Uh, you know, I'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> get it making. Going to get it going. All right, so on the phone, our guest today and our first uh, of the series, uh, Doing Business in Africa on the Not Dumb Podcast, I have one of my good friends from Seattle, Godwin Gabriel. And I'll tell you a little bit about Godwin Gabriel. His, um, he started out, well, as far as I know, as far as I've known him, I, I, when I left Seattle back in 2009, uh, he, w- he had his own town car company that he was doing, um, and he's been doing that. I used to, as I, back in the day, I used to manage hotels as a number of other things I did. I did a whole bunch of jobs in Seattle, um, and we were no uh, strangers to the, the work that he man has always done. I've had like 60 jobs over the years. One of the things I used to do was manage hotels uh, at the front desk and do, um, sometimes I did overnight, sometimes I just worked at the front desk, sometimes I was, you know, managed housekeeping. I did a whole bunch of different things for hotels over the years. And I always used to see Godwin, probably one of the most dapper guys you ever met, because he's always dapper. I've never seen him not in a suit. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> dapper gentleman. He, um, he used to always drive a Mercedes 600 for his town car and all the rest of the guys used to have like, you know, regular Lincoln town cars. And um, I just always used to remember seeing him. Sometimes it'd be overnight. Sometimes it'd be in the middle of the day. Sometimes it'd be, it'd be any time of day. You could always see Godwin uh, driving a town car. Fast forward to 2019. Well, 2014 for him, he started um, his own rideshare company called Movin, M-O-O-V-N. And since then, since 2014, he's branched it around the world, in Africa especially. And our, our interest here is we're trying to get into, number one, how do you start an international business? I have no idea. So God is going to help us out with that. And then how do you get into Africa? That's another thing that Shaman and I um, want to get into. So as our audience knows, Shaman is, has an MBA. I have uh, a number of successful businesses, but uh, my education is really just the school of hard knocks and just a whole lot of management experience. I believe Godwin is also educated. I believe he has an MBA as well. So I'd like to get into it with uh, Godwin Gabriel. So tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. So how, how is it that I met you in Seattle? Because I know you're not from Seattle originally, uh, Mr. Gabriel. Yes, sir. Well, you know, that's way back in the years. I don't even remember what year that was. But, you know, I think we, we, we you know, Seattle, the Seattle, particularly the Seattle black communities, particularly, we, I think we roped around the same circles, uh, Jamil, you know, oh, same haircut, my barber. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's my guy. He's still, he's here. Jay Styles is still my barber. Yep. Uh, you know, so I think where we all roped around and got to work together, 
Yep. Um, and in hotel management, and you know, I know that you were always a hustler too, man. You know, you you know, working working like the rest of us, ten sixty jobs as you mentioned. But, <laughs> you know, I haven't had I haven't had one single job in like uh, like well over twenty years. Like I've always had more than yeah. one job. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So you know, the hustle, man. Got to take care. Got to feed the family. Yep. You know, we always have to be innovative business people. Uh, you know, got to do, got had to have that side hustle. So, you know, I think we aligned in that regard. Absolutely. And, you know, close to a decade later, here we are. Here we are. That's right. Cream rises to yes, the top, sir. right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you have a you have a British accent, so I assume that you've spent some time <laughs> in London as well. Yeah, you know, I I got my formal uh, education like primary education in the British school system. Excellent. And, uh, you know. And uh, but you know it's uh, I think in due time you know I think over the course of time living in the U.S. you know it, you kind of tend to you know it, it gets it, it it wears off right it's the same thing as coming back to Africa where I'm currently at uh, I came out here for business um, and you know whereas I have to pick up you know the local language here and just converse or otherwise you know folks don't want to deal with you so we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that so you so yeah i find myself having to be multilingual in a lot of uh, aspects got it okay <laughs> so you so you got your mba um in 2014 you said correct okay correct. so what yeah, June 2014. so what 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 made you want to get into the um the rideshare business uh starting so you started in seattle i started in seattle correct Okay. Uh, you know, the journey in itself was very complex. Um, when uh, we did a live consulting project for Microsoft, and I was chosen by the team, by the MBA team, to be the project lead, uh, the project manager. I managed teams of Asian students, American students, et cetera, in my, you know, in my cohort. And we, we did this live, whereas we, man you know, we were liaising with tech teams in uh, India and uh, China. And, some, and trying to solve some of uh, Microsoft's challenges and, you know, promoting some of their uh, software. Um, but it was like one of those things is like, wow, software, in technology is super vast. Uh, the applications of it and all that kind of stuff and solving the future and all that kind of stuff. I caught a lot of interest in it and I was like, what, what can I do? You know, I've always considered myself as that, you know, the boat had long sailed past me in terms of technology. So I was just, you know, I was always considered myself as probably more so just a consumer mm -hmm. of technology and not a maker of technology. But when I got um, the exposure, um, I realized that there might be an opportunity. And uh, and one of the things that in my travels during my breaks, uh, still, I was pursuing this MBA, was that I traveled to Africa. Mm -hmm. And I remember having been caught in a huge downpour um, coming out of a bank. And, you know, I was like, man, my driver's, uh, was, you know, his phone was off and, you know, I couldn't get a hold of him. I was like, I'm just going to go grab a taxi or can I call a taxi? And they're like, no, you can't call a taxi. You go to the taxi. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. I was like, man, how come, how can, how can this be in this day and age? But, you know, literally, and when the, in the types of rains out here is that you get this like kind of sort of monsoon types of rain. Wow. Like, <laughs> When they dump, like they really dump, like man, them raindrops could hurt you. Wow! <laughs> so it's like like so, New Orleans rain or harder than New Orleans, like India monsoon yeah, it's really rain. Hard rain. Yeah, wow. it's really hard rain. 
Yeah. So basically, you, you you're you're drenched the minute you step out. You're literally like hose. Wow. And uh, and and uh, I'm like, man. I so I had to, I had to toughen it up, man. I had to walk out there, man. You had to go several blocks to where these taxis park, and that's where they don't come to you. You go to them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so. So basically, I was like, man, there's got to be a better way in this day and age of having on-demand services. Um, you know, so that was my, you know, light bulb moment. So when I went back to the U.S., I was starting to travel a little bit, too. And, you know, having to, as you know, I came from a transportation background as well. Yeah. I didn't have my own company way back, as you know, uh, um, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, you know, I've always been in the transportation circle. I've always had relationships. Actually, if I were to go back in time a little bit uh, during the time you and I knew each other, is that uh, my first concept of working in hotels and such, I also noticed that there was, a, you know, there was opportunities around transportation. Absolutely, I realized a lot of folks who were checking in these hotels had, you know, were in need of rental cars, et cetera. These executives traveling, going, wanting to go meetings. Mm. I was like, can I bridge this whole um, rental car and town car world into one thing where, you know, a, a concept where somebody wants to pick, you know, get a car, you know, but they don't want to drive it, right? Yeah, they, yeah. Want to, they want to stunt, right? Yeah. <laughs> get out the stunt. back. They yeah. want to go out there, yeah. They want, they want to just go out and win that business without having to deal with, like, man, I have to go get this rental car and drive it around myself. Yeah. So I said, you know, I got I got drivers, got a couple of cars. I went to a, uh, one of the hotels I remember. It was a Sheraton. And I was like, man, and it's like they asked me how many cars I had. And I told them, man, I have, I have seven. <laughs> 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 Like, you know, I was fronting. Yeah. Like, you got to do that sometimes. Right? You got to do that yeah, sometimes. Exactly, yeah. So, you know. Get the contract, bro. Um, but, yeah, exactly. Got the contract. It's like, well, show me the other car. And I brought up the second car. I only had two cars. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is the whole fleet. You got to do yeah, what you exactly. got to do, bro. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I had only two Mercedes Benzes. And actually, I just had one other car show up. And we're ready. Yeah. And, you know, we're given the opportunity. And from there on, we grew the fleet to almost like it was like. 28 cars or something. Oh, like man. That. But, That's serious. Yeah, so, you know, at that, that time, you know, I I was still relatively young yeah. in the business world. Yeah. No business plan whatsoever. Yeah. And, you know, these are the hard lessons in life that you learn. Oh, man. Um, you know, not having to, you know, you, you know, you have employees, you have a fancy office in downtown, you have overhead costs, you're running luxury cars to the ground. Yeah, (laughs) I know y'all was beating up some cars, huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and one time a guy drove, uh, you know, one Mercedes with an e-brake on from the airport all the way to downtown. Oh, that's not downtown. He's like, it's like, I don't know what's wrong with the car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, we're laughing now, but I know you was heated up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're crying inside. But, you know, it's like you're making money and over this. Yeah. But what? You know, what I'm about to say here, too, is that uh, we were way, way ahead of our game. Yeah. Because what happened was that we had so much volume to a point where we were outsourcing this volume out to independent town car drivers Mm. who were controlling the experience, payment, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? The dispatches and everything. We handled everything. Mm. So at some point, 
you know, business self-regulates in a way, you know. You're right. In yeah. weird ways. Like, you know, yeah. when you start giving, feeling the pinch where you're not keeping much of your money, you start making the trims and adjustments that's necessary. And I came to realize, like, wait, I'm making almost better money with outsourcing these <laughs> these uh, these requests, yeah. these ride requests, than it is running my own car. So my car started parking some more and outsourcing. Well, it happened to be more became the central focus of the business to a point where as I started, you know, obviously, you know, uh, selling a lot of these vehicles and trimming them down to just literally a fleet of five cars. Yeah. And the rest of the stuff was outsourced. But you think about it conceptually is that we were the Uber of our times. We were the moving before ahead of the times. Mm -hmm. We were doing this, all this stuff. Yeah. And outsourcing with very zero. And to a point, I literally became, I only was left with only two cars. Hmm. So I was doing back this, to the beginning. I was doing this way back to the very beginning, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And whereas I was much more profitable, yeah. Um, and you know, I became very super profitable to a point where I got bought out by a local independent operator just right before the recession hit. Wow! And unfortunately, they filed for bankruptcy. But I came out, man, uh, and that really was like you know, it was a learning experience for me. But fast forward when. Uh, Uber came into the market, everything was like, I remember having one of the town car drivers telling me about this whole concept of app-based services, and I remember my business partner at that time, we had talked about saying, hey, we could have remained in the game and had like a sort of like a call center or something like a web app where people can just book rides and we just automate the process. Yeah. We, we were like thinking about in the same lines, and here comes this company uh, called Uber, and they do exactly that. And I remember me and my business partner would meet up for lunch sometimes, and uh, we would say, "Man, it's like if only we had stick around, we stuck around for a little Man. bit." Yeah. And we always felt like we had missed out on that opportunity, and somebody has since come in, uh, come in and snatch that idea. Yeah, yeah. But you know, so I'm kind of sort of giving you a little bit of a background and fast forward. Is like here I am having. And at the tail end of my MBA, yeah. I'm hearing my drivers that I used to, you know, help me with the volume back in the days because I kept these relationships very closely yeah, over yeah. time. And I was like, man, we're getting killed out here, man. I wish <laughs> you were around. I wish you were around. We're yeah. getting killed out here. Yeah, yeah. So you're hearing that constant cry. You're traveling to Africa where it's like, man, can I get a, uh, can I get a ride? Can I request a ride? Yeah. Can I have an app-based service? You don't get any of that. So I'm like, there might be an opportunity. So we've uh, we've heard might be an opportunity here. We've heard this from another uh, interview. Per, uh, I don't know if you heard our other interview with uh, Chike Kebu. Um, he's running for um, president in Nigeria, and um, right. he said there's a, a huge need for just almost literally any industry you can think of in Africa over there because yeah, it's just absolutely. like it, it just doesn't exist or it's extremely extremely it subpar. Does. You know. Yeah. Absolutely, and yeah. I'll get to that. And okay. why, what brings me out here right now is I'm calling literally from Tanzania. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but, uh, you know, fast forward as far as getting, uh, you know, this, you know, this idea, the light bulb moment of like, you know, let me, can I create an app? It's like, okay, the first thing was like, let me just get somebody who knows, who's a software developer and can create this app, and I'll just lead the business side, right? And, uh, and, you know, with sites, of course, in, in, uh, the U.S. and Africa. Uh, you know, and it wasn't as easy as just jumping into this market. And I got laughed at. I remember, so I folks are asking me questions like, you know, at that time, of course, Uber was, uh, was valued at $90 billion. 
<laughs> and it's like you know you're coming out here with your you know with your dreamy self and just trying to come up into a space where uh big players are playing yeah but i was like i was on the mission but you know and i think the more and more rejection that we just going to arm me with an idea is like well how far can it be to be able to put this thing together myself mm. And you know, I started nine. You know, nine months later, man, I had I, I went to market with a, a subpar app. And uh, again, going back to the operators, and uh, that you know those relationships from hotels and such. So I got my first break by going back to the essence of what I used to do back back then. Yeah. And that is partnering with the likes of hotels, conventions, and a large volume client, and you know having a an automated dispatch kind of sort of. Uh, model hmm. that worked so the revenues generated from that i was able to reinvest in the, the business and growing it and until we were able to have a really solid platform and at that time i set my sights to start heading out towards africa why africa i think that would be, begin the segue into why africa is because i knew that for one on my dollar will go a long way right mm. versus trying to burn dollar per dollar in the u.s yeah, yeah. and two it's a it's a frontier market and so many opportunities what you just mentioned mm. and uh at three we also know that this opportunity to be able to change the lives of many folks and brothers and sisters in this continent yeah yeah definitely did you feel that um africa especially sub-saharan africa and where you are in eastern africa um gave you an advantage against big multinationals because it was such a frontier market did it was it your flexibility, your intimacy, and being African yourself? Um, right. What do you felt that was the advantage to you to be able to compete more so on the continent? Yeah, you know, my background offers a wide kind of competitive advantage, a huge competitive advantage, actually. Having been, I was born in Tanzania, but grew up in, in the U.S. for the most part. Yeah, I've done a lot of my, you know, became an adult and uh, family the whole nine yards. In the U.S., so playing in both sides of the sphere uh, really have been advantageous for me, and particularly in the growth of this company. So in Tanzania, I'm regarded as the prodigal son, and so I went up at a time to be oh, here. Role. That's <laughs> like, a good position to like be you in. You went out there, like exactly. It's yeah. Like you went out there and you almost never came back, and now you come back and you try. You know, you're yeah. doing good for the, for the for the people. Yeah. So there's a lot of pluses and saying. This is what the continent needs. It's like young, bright minds are willing to bring, learn from the West, take the education and bring it back and investing it back home in order to help the people out here. So, you know, largely in what you probably read in, you know, media channels around the world, it's like, you know, they've really, we've had a really generous exposure. Um, uh, but more importantly, is that Africa is in need of innovation, great mm -hmm. innovation. And even if it's not, you know, new technologies, but even just existing technologies that you and I are accustomed to in the U.S., yeah. like, you know, the fact that you can order a shirt or you can order a phone just literally by just tapping into an app and it'll be at your doorstep in less than an hour. It's, it's unimaginable. Yeah, that's crazy. The largest yeah. retailer in the globe. Exactly. Yeah. The largest retailer in the world right now is Amazon and it's based in Seattle, of course. Uh, rightfully so, but it's like the fact that they almost guarantee some certain products that you can receive it in less than an hour from the moment you purchase it. Yeah. So it's like you think about that and say, man, you know, you you this is you become accustomed to this as a norm. Yeah. But yeah. you go to the continent, you come to the continent, you find that way, 
you know, these things and you're still told, like, you need to go to a taxi stand to get a ride. <laughs> you so, know, yeah. nobody comes to you. You go to them. You need you need to get uh, you need to buy you need to buy a certain item. You need to go to a store. You need to do this. And so it's it's uh, it's definitely the modern convenience is there. But again, if you think about it, and this is something that is worth noting, is that. Uh, mobile adoption, smartphone, uh, mobile adoption rate is much, much higher in Africa than that in the Western world, uh, according really? to the GSMA report. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Reasons being, and this is something to really absolutely note, take note, is that the way you and I use mobile phones in, in the U.S. is very different than how mobile phones are used out here in, uh, in Africa. Okay. So basically, for you to call Sprint and T-Mobile, it's not a problem at all, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you just use one phone. You can call T-Mobile Sprint customer. You can call anybody in the network, right? Yeah. Just using one phone. But it's very expensive to do that out here. Hmm. So you find people kind of having a phone for a smartphone for, for Sprint friends, you know, T-Mobile friends, or whatever really? the case is. On average, somebody has two to three phones. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I have so two phones, what, too. But... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but wow. Two phones in the pager. Yeah. So you got to know who you call and so um like it's Exactly. So what so, is your carrier? Yeah. And you write it. Down. <laughs> yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So you know, in and there's bundles that actually are sold net you know, you guys, you know, you have to understand that these mobile companies are making a killing out here. These telecom companies are making a killing out here and everything is prepaid. There's wow. no such thing as bill me. Oh, at the so end no of the bills. Month. Yeah. Oh, wow. No bills, man. No bills unless you're a corporation. Like, we wow. have a company out here, we get a bill. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, uh, you know, just as an individual, it's everything is prepaid. You go to a little shop, you buy your scratch card, you punch in the numbers, and the voila, you have, uh, you, have you have, like, airtime. You have airtime. Yeah, you buy airtime just like back in the 90s. You probably wow. remember mm. the early 2000s. Hey, and data is the same way. You buy data based on bundles. You know, scratch a little card and you top up your data. Hey, God, so, quick question. You know, Dick. Yeah. They're being silly. Have you ever seen, is there any stories like people breaking up because, like, look, I'm on AT&T and you're on T-Mobile. It's just not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably. I mean, that'd be a good reason if you really yeah, wanted probably. to break up. Um, so I'm going to exactly. ask you, I'm going to ask you a couple of remedial questions because I, I, I started this right. this series because I really want um, right. African-Americans to uh, start businesses in Africa or at least venture into or, or at the very minimum, minimum, find out about it and stop being so scared of Africa because right. a lot of people are just scared like, oh, they got diseases over there. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so what? So you got your idea. You have your, you got moving right. going in Seattle. You got your app going. Right. What is the right. next step? How do you, is Tanzania the first place that you opened in Africa where you extended it to, or was there another place? Yeah, man. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm answering a lot of your questions through just storytelling. You absolutely oh, are. Yeah. That you guys, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of giving this whole storytelling format to kind of answer questions in between. Okay. Uh, so if, if there's any specifics, so feel free to um, to ask me, and I'll be more than happy to. No, we like storytelling. Storytelling is so actually basically, how uh, yeah, most people learn. Yeah, exactly. So basically, as we proceed and how I wanted to come into Africa, I realized that there was major constraints in terms of service adoption, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we move on to, like, the use of mobile phones, right? Folks, when I'm talking about scratch cards, right, you know, I'm going to go out there, get my, you know, $5 worth of data, right? I'm going to use it very resourcefully to make sure that 
you know, I don't burn through it. So the idea of saying here is a data-heavy application, which is uses geolocation the whole nine yards, oh, Google yeah. Maps the whole nine yards, right? Yeah. And sucks the life out of data and telling me like, hey, uh, brother Imad, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, can you can you know, here's here's my app, you know, can you can you know download it so you can request a ride? And the guy just down the street is like. Hell no, I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> that's data. There's no yeah. way I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm just going to walk down the street and catch a ride that G's right there with his uh, Mercedes 600. He's always parked there, and I know he's always there. He's my guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So there's not going to be any, uh, and there's no way that uh, somebody you're going to try to, you know, trying to get them to, to use their data, which they use very sparingly. For find it, funny thing is that data, that number one, uh, data usage uh, channel is, fa- is Facebook and Instagram. So folks are, <laughs> folks are holding Oh, wow. So they got media. the data for that. Yeah. <laughs> Just wow. the data for that, man. Yeah. So nothing else in terms of value, you know, value added services and say, yeah. hey, I'm using my, my data to ex- access XYZ or news, whatever the case is. So we knew that we were facing an uphill battle in terms of trying to convince users to adopt our platform and our concept. And we had to go around it. So with quick thinking was like these telecoms control the data right yeah uh what if we partnered with the leading telecom company and in the through this partnership they whitelist our app and the you know where oh. in a data be it becomes free of use brilliant to the user yeah. so that way they are you know you you lower the barrier to entry and you know the bar- barrier in terms of adoption barrier yeah so mm-hmm. We we jogged that relationship and they were very responsive to it. And then in 2017, we partnered with Vodacom, wow. leading mobile telecom company, a subsidiary of Vodafone. And through this partnership, there in 18 countries, 40 cities, we were able to get our uh, app whitelisted. And you know now you've limited the excuse for users to say, hey, well, you know. So as long as they're on the Vodacom network, they're using our app for free of data use charges for them. That's brilliant. Um, so yeah. that's that's what that was one of the mechanism where we're able to enter the market and um and oh, through there of course they have tons of millions of users they were able to do what is called a user push and they pushed it through the entire networks of um, wow. users that are like hey download the moving app get move it right and yeah. everybody was on it yeah, so through this partnership through, so through, through this partnership we are strategic partnership that is uh there's there's a there's there's certain, not necessarily that we just win it just for the data. So there's so much more to this partnership. Payments as well, mm-hmm. right? And I know that is what is also makes a lot of folks in the U.S. scared. And outside world in the U.S. corporations. And then the corporations, by, you know, by far, right? It's like, well, cash-based economies are really hard to work with, right? Because we're so used to so many sophisticated payment solutions in the U.S. Yeah. the Western world. Right, but you know, Tanzania. I mean, Vodacom has Mpesa. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, it's a leading mobile payment solution. So Mpesa is a leading mobile money solution. Can you can you spell it, Godwin? Can you spell that? Mpesa is spelled M as in Mary, P, yeah, as in Paul, E as in Echo, S as in Sam, A as in Alpha. Mpesa. Okay, we're just looking it up right now. Okay, cool. So, so Mpesa is like PayPal, is like all other mobile payment solutions. But man, these guys are pushing like $30 million per day in <laughs> transactions across around the world. Wow. And it's, it's, it's literally a push, no, uh, uh, a SSID application, application where it's like literally 
press one to confirm, uh, enter the amount, press two to confirm, press three to send. Done. Right? Yeah, it's so, like cash So out, even those little like Nokia, that. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So they're like those little Nokia phones and everybody, literally a farmer does not need to come back, you know, travel with their goods and their crops from the, uh, from the farm to the marketplace anymore. Mm. Literally a truck can go down there, they get, you know, somebody shoots them their money, it says, so basically their phone number is your bank. Yeah. And they can transact and yeah. they can do all these things. So we knew that it was advantageous to partner with them as well. So it's safe to say the moving application in Africa is already integrated with Impesa, so whereas people can buy ride credits and ride. Mm. So we're moving further to, to, to removing them the constraints of cash. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why that was also very advantageous for us to do so. If, you know, just before I go into that, there was also other benefits in terms of just riding with a strategic partner. Instead of us going in there and start burning all our cash into like, hey, we're going to set up all these things by ourselves whatsoever, it's okay to have strategic partners who then split the pie a little bit. Reasons being is that you can piggyback off somebody who's bigger than you in order to advance. Like this partnership is 18 countries, 40 cities. We're trying to push 10 uh, cities by 10 more additional cities um, uh, this year alone. So that helps us scale faster, yeah. right? With and, and splitting the risk and the cost factor as well, while continuing to split the pie. So th- these are the many ways that you can enter Africa, and I'm just con- con- continuously storytelling here to kind of give no, it's it working. Highlight some no, of the it's, ways, it's working, it's working. Some of the ways that yeah. you know companies or people who are interested in doing business can find ways to to do business in Africa. You know, but with uh, just the 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 overall open this partnership in itself is that it's allowed us to do a lot of things and then when we sat down we looked at it and said well you know we have by 2020 we are projecting that we're going to have 40,000 operators on our platform across African cities wow 40,000 uh, wow 40,000 and dude. uh you know and I said what else can we do right are we just going to just be trying to push rides yeah. Right, yeah. or are we going to look into other means and uh, of, of of business? So, at the very beginning of it all, man, uh, moving has been my vision from the onset. It was like I didn't want it to just be a platform, just you know, transportation platform, and alone. What else can we do? Can we become the Amazon of Africa and provide these value-added services to our folks across the continent? We have a trifold agenda, and our trifold agenda is moving people enabling commerce and changing lives Man, i'm in africa right now yeah. exactly so i'm in africa right now it's also usually on my signature line and companies uh, signature lines man this is always a constant reminder of where we're going mm-hmm. so the moving people's piece is already full in effect it's happening right around the world people are utilizing our application to get a ride from point a to point b but we're not just going to just resign at that but um Officially now in, the, in Africa, first day of uh, the year, um, I flew. I was right here on the ground, ready to, um, you know, work with my teams to the north and unveiling the the, uh, the next chapter of our growth, which is enabling commerce. What enabling commerce for us is becoming now shaping up to become the Amazon of Africa. Because on one side, if you remember, I mentioned that we already have payment solutions through mm. PESA yeah. and integration with other mobile money payments. Yeah. And we already have transportation piece. Yeah. So now it's just a matter, a matter of um, you know pushing our marketplace solution out to the market. We have a strong brand that backs it up as well. 
and now we we're we're going to be able to get vendors on our platform uh, uh marketplace and where they can push now instead of having to have guys go out there to the store you know they can buy glasses they can buy shirts they can buy this it's just wow. it's the same concept now whereas the moving wallet what is called a moving wallet you can top it up with whatever mobile payments uh you that you have mm. and buy the goods right because yeah. now you have credit and you buy these goods and then it just you know and and shipment is fulfilled by moving i was right? just going to say that you could use them to do deliveries yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly moving delivery brilliant so calls upon the moving yeah, yeah exactly no. uh, calls upon the moving api says okay do you want to have this delivery done today on demand which is just similar of just you requesting an on-demand ride yeah. or ride later uh, which is also another f- uh, feature on the move-in application right now where you can schedule a ride up to a month in advance. So, oh, wow. uh, you know, it's just a matter of scheduling what time, day you are, and, uh, you know, so driver gets move. dispatched and go pick it up. So I think we're ready. We're ready for this chapter. I'm very excited. Actually, this is the first time I'm speaking of it in public. Uh, oh, wow. Well, I'm honored. It's been under wraps. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think this is our first, uh, play time that we're talking about. It's been kind of hush hush as we're, you know, because the, uh, the landscape is very competitive. Mm-hmm. But I think we are very confident right now that we are ready to, to take upon this major challenge and uh, growth uh, opportunity. Godwin, can I just highlight to people, you just said so much amazing stuff right there. I heard that you took your Man. business understanding, your cultural, because you're from Tanzania, you know the area. And you found the links that were similar to Amazon, similar to Uber, similar to mobile pays, and you came up and you linked it together. So another company would have to come in there and they would do like he a, basically stitched together a whole bunch of ideas and made his own unique. Yeah. So they would be doing like yeah, a case exactly. study and then they would come and do some basic research. Exactly. And they're like, I understand this culturally. I understand the business climate. Exactly. Yeah. I know what I could exactly. do to make some connections here to get them to a couple of steps. That, that, that's Correct. phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So let me ask it you, does, do, does Uber or Amazon or Lyft have any presence in the areas where you are in Africa or no? Yeah. Yes, actually, we're giving Uber a run for their money right now. Nice. In Africa. Yeah, you know, they actually so much that they hate us out here. That, you know, we're, that's we're a not good going sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You know, everything we do, we just shock and awe. We just launched a campaign just yeah. yesterday, actually. Yeah. And we, for the first time, we launched these the same things. You've probably seen the Uber cars. I don't know uh, where, where you guys are located right now. Uh, we're in but, Boston. Uh, you've probably seen those little... Yeah, so there you go. I don't know. In Seattle, they have the the Uber cars, whatever. They have that little lighter light thing, right? Or lift cars, right? They have the little pink glowing yeah, light. Yeah, in the know. front of the car. Yeah, yeah. In the front of the car. Yeah. So, well, moving cars have those in Seattle, too. But I was like, man, I'm going to take this to Africa, too. And because there's no such thing out here, right? And oh, wow. so little things like that. Yeah. I brought, all, you know, when I touched down, man, a whole shipment of them came with me. Oh, <laughs> man. All of a sudden, man, they're all stuck up on these streets right now. And then, man. Oh, and, you're and killing the game, are, son. <laughs> I'm killing the game. So <laughs> walking around and, like, you're passing by a nightclub and all these lights because they're auto. They're, you know, when it becomes dark, they light up. Oh, and it's man. the talk of the town right now. <laughs> so so Uber is tripping right now. You know it's they're like, salty, what the bro. What hell is going they're on? They're salty, it's like, bro. These guys are just, it's, like, it's like, you know, I'm like P. Diddy out here. You know, can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> That's funny, man. Man, dude. 
That's, that's funny. But that's because you know transportation game for a long no, time. No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying the visual. Like yeah. I'm just picturing it because I think visually. Like if none of these other Uber right, cars exactly. and they don't have nothing like that, exactly. and then all these shiny and all these moving exactly. lights. Oh man, that's a that's marketing. Bro. Yes, that's exactly. It. They're moving lights. It's a turquoise light. It's bright yeah. and it's in your face. You see it, and it's, you know, it draws you closer to the car. It's like, what's that? That's that's crazy. <laughs> so let me know. So yeah. tell me about some of your um your challenges. Um, what kind of things have you done or what kind of things like when you when you got this all started, what kind of speed right. bumps have you run into? Did people take advantage? Were you were you dealing with drivers and accidents and other crazy stuff happening? What kind of things have you had to yeah. overcome? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this is also a very high priced insurance. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's a very uh, capital intensive business as mm-hmm. well. You know, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of good. Um, friends uh, who have come in and invested in the company and, you know, folks who have, you know, we have like literally a very handful of investors who have uh, really uh, come on board from the onset and we've taken this to, to this, uh, the company, to this place. Actually, you know what, it's also great because I've been really picky about the people that have coming into the business. So we're not super venture capitals, you know, what you might call it, the hungry. Right. Yeah. We we talk to them. I've heard some ridiculous offers. Silly people have been talking about silly things. Uh, to one that I was in New York City and the venture capitalist guy comes in. It's like, do people in Africa even have phones? It's like, oh, man, it's not I, a I good just, partner. Yeah. I just presented. <laughs> I just presented to you that we are partnered with one of the largest telecom company, uh, companies in Africa. Yeah. Right? What yeah. do they think they're selling? Peanuts? I mean, it's just silly. Yeah, but yeah. it's like just being, uh, just not having a grasp on just the market opportunity in this continent. Mm. And also, too, another known, uh, maybe perhaps maybe, you, you know, some of your listeners might not know of, and it's a fact, is that Africa is home to 1.3 billion people. It's the same size of that market, same, almost equivalent to China and India. Yeah. Right? And it's a lot of people. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on it. So, you know, we're just racing to become the pioneers of mobile-based commerce and and, and content. How can we, TNDP, Iman and Shimon here, be helpful to move in, help them to you, Godwin? What do you need? Yeah, no. send us because we have a YouTube channel. We're not we're not videotaping this specific interview, but we're going to start actually probably in the next one. Um, send us right. some T-shirts and we'll wear them on our YouTube channel. And we'll, you know, so man, absolutely, it. man. Yeah. I'll definitely I'll definitely ship you guys some. Yeah, come on, just send me your address. We'll ship you some. I'll stuff, text man, it whatever to size you. Yeah. And, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, man. And, you know, and we need to put a word out there. And I think this is the first time that it, one of the things that we want to do, actually, and doing it very differently is that moving is that it was built in an organic fashion yeah. right you know it's a lot of my own money that i put in my life savings and everybody thought i was crazy yeah um and then going to a point where it's now you build a concept and you start going out there and peddling it and whatsoever in the marketplace and to a point where it's got my first investor second investor, third investor on on board so basically was by the time we grew and to a point where we've grown right about now we are super super organic the yeah. company probably right about now sits at probably roughly around 75% organic, hmm. which allows us to really flex yeah. a lot yeah. in yeah. terms of our model and still be profitable. So one of the things that I've been to- uh, toiling around and what we've been toiling around is like, we want to be able to have a community kind of sort of base funding structure if possible, whereas people can buy into the concept, you know, 
you got some bread and you you know because uh, you know somebody you know people want to be invest and move in and we want to be able to allow people to do so instead of just being uh just delegated we are also actually just recently in tanzania we launched a a campaign around drivers reinvesting into the company as well and uh you know giving the opportunity so that they can you know also share you know revenue sharing i love that idea. proper sharing yeah. and you know idea. so you know i built move in and what i always proudly say is that move in has become kind of sort of a stepping stone for a lot of people to make it. uh whether it's large strategic partners that are coming on board to everybody at the uh and our driver partners at well, everybody gets a piece, and that way they feel equally as vested in the company in one way or another. Whether they wake up early in the morning, it's like, I'm yeah. going to turn my app on because this, you know, right about now, drivers get 2% return every month Whoa, wow. uh, in neat. terms of revenue share. Absolutely, it's yeah. huge. And based on the amount of trips that they do, it's a huge bonus to them. Yeah, yeah that's, right? that's amazing. So, so these things are just reinvestment back into the communities, et cetera. You so know, it's... Uh, you, it's 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 definitely is we we definitely doing business very differently from our competitors. Oh um, yeah, Iman doesn't play sports. He does not see the fact that I was saying that you're alley ooping. Because one of the things that Iman and I have been talking about, <laughs> he looked at me and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm doing a whole classic pass with a finger roll to the du- anyway. So um, right. it's, it's even funnier because I'm short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right is uh we've talked to a lot of businesses like i'm a consultant you know we talk uh, help people with funding and we've been helping some early stage businesses and actually some later stage businesses and the the gap when you go from working independently and working for yourself when you start talking about your drivers are becoming partners in a true sense in a revenue sharing way so they need to have a business mindset which requires, depending on your, you know, how your family is raised, um, are you is the culture educating you? Or are you going to go get formal education? Because either one could work. The combination of the two Correct. is usually the best. So we're we've been Correct. talking about having an institute to help um, businesses of the uh, variety of persuasions, but if they're African descent, and yeah. that'd right. be great. Um, so maybe we could talk um, about having the, the new forming TNDP Institute to help out your partners or people who would like to be partners about core business concepts. Oh, so what right. Shaman, what Shaman is talking about. So the TNDP Institute, the Not Dumb Podcast Institute, what we're coming, that's going to be uh, in another couple of months. Uh, we're going to basically right. be talking to business guys um, where we just talk about things that we've done in business or concepts or whatever, just a whole bunch of business related topics. So that's what he was bringing to the table there. Um, but right. so we're going to, we're going to wrap this up in a minute. Cause I know you got a, uh, I know it's late over there. Um, we usually right. start uh, in the, in the podcast with um, greatest successes and failures. But one thing I want our audience to know, you notice how Godwin was talking about, and I'm talking to the, to the audience right now, Godwin, uh, Godwin was talking about how people were laughing at him. People were right. uh, didn't think it was possible. That is like literally always the case. I have no idea why. Like even with this po- with this podcast that we're that we're speaking on right now, everyone was like, "Oh, that's a dumb idea." There's 500 podcasts out there. Uh, nobody's gonna listen to you, you know. And now, fast forward today, we're in like 55 countries. Is the last time I checked. And so people are like wow, listening. That's yeah. That's fantastic. No, yes. but they always say that. Even with my other businesses, I have a, a personal assistant company. Shaman does um, 
Uh, he has um, consulting and stuff like that. Uh, like, I don't know why, what it is about people. Like, this is just a people thing. And as a business owner, you have yeah. to get through it. Everyone's going to tell you you right. can't do it. I don't know why. I just don't get it. Right. But they always do it. Yeah. Yeah, they always do it. And, you know, it's it's up to us to be an, a persistent person to weed through the noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and the determination and your faith is all that's going to guide you. Uh, you know what you're, you know what you're good at. Yeah. You know, one of the things I always say in my many talks is that you know we all are wired to do something. We all know that we're good at something. We yeah. have a special talent that we, you know, we inherently were born with. Yeah. And it's up for you to explore it. Otherwise, it's like you know, you take, you know, you 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 face fear and you cower and you know, you pretty much resign to just that. But, you know, and I think we're all capable. It's just a matter of just blasting through that. And then there's an aura of invincibility in a way. Once you have, you know, passed that barrier of fear. You're right. right. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, you know, you become invincible. It's like there's nothing that's going to take you down. You know, I've always said that if I were to do this again, if uh, it all fails and I have to do this again, I'll repeat it again. I'll do everything all over again. So it becomes like, like, you know, it's, it's what is powering us it is, and you yeah. know just the idea just the fact that hey yeah there might be a million podcasts out there but there's no there's no podcasts like yours they're not us right no, exactly. yours is unique right yeah every one of them is unique it's just a matter of how you push it out there and yeah you market it out there and you know here we are you know and uh one of the things i also say too is that uh, it's easy to say, well, you know, all these people is like, oh, well, who's laughing now? Whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not so much about that to me. I actually, the people that I actually, I always say that the people that I actually really absolutely appreciate the most are the people who said no to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and then the people who, who just literally kind of shut me out. Because the reason being is that it forced me to go outside of my comfort zone. You're right. right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, they, they forced me to come out, to get cut out of my comfort zone. It's like, well, I don't know technology, right? I don't know how to code. I do not know you how learn to it. speak the language yep. of technology. Now I got to learn it. I spent six months learning it. Yeah. I went to YouTube channels. I spent sleepless nights. I was out there taking babies to school, running, coming back, eating a bowl of oatmeal, yep. and sitting there in front of that computer 24-7 and until... I cracked some code. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and that was twenty four seven. So now as even when I sit here, I'm bouncing between meetings. Sometimes I put in a hat of a project manager technical project manager and devs are calling me and they're like, Well, I'm I'm faced with this such and such situation and whatsoever and I'm giving them like, Hey, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? And it's like boom, they get it done and we cut the timeline short. Yeah. But now I know my product inside and out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't lead a tech company without knowing your technology. You gotta know it. You, you can't be a shopkeeper. Exactly. You gotta know your product. Yeah. You gotta know your product. Yeah. So I appreciate those folks who said no to me because they really, absolutely have enabled me to learn hey, well, and everything and everything about business. Yeah. What about? Yeah. I think there's maybe two or three different types of no's. There's the no's like they just negative. You know, they don't close the door because they just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then there are right. no's that are like, you haven't been qualified yet for me to say yes. You know what I mean? Right. They, they give you some information. It's That's a no. usually a little bit more big time. Like, yeah. they want you to meet a certain level, and then they'll come see you. Or they'll give you information <laughs> like, hey, it's a no. You're not right at my level yet. You know, I mm-hmm. need to see A, B, C, and D. Yeah. But if you do A, B, C, and D, I'm ready to roll. 
right? right? And I love those notes. Right. Because you, you kind of know, you know where you stand. And it I gives can respect that kind of note. Yeah. But sometimes the nose is just from right. a hater. <laughs> it's yeah. just haters. Sometimes it's just a hater. That's right. all it is. <laughs> I, I don't give those people a bunch of yeah. All right. So our last question, our last two questions, Godwin, uh, your biggest failure in business and your biggest. No one ever asked that, man. Huh? It's like a negative challenge. Well, everyone. People, no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. People need to realize that there is failure in business. A lot I mean, of failure. It's true. Absolutely. I've failed. I failed so. I failed so remarkably. Much. So, uh, God, when yeah. your biggest failure, and I would assume that moving is probably your biggest success. <laughs> well, my, 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 uh, my biggest failure, uh, I would say by far was. You know, going, I've had a lot of failures in life. So yeah. one of the things is that um, actually moving, I failed once. I oh. failed once with moving, actually, yeah. And that's, that's actually around the time I was building this, man. I had put in all my money in there, man. I, it was a oh, scary man. place, man. Oh, and man. this is something that, this is a scary place. So you're putting all your 401k and everything in it, man. And, uh, and, and man, my lady at home, you know, she's freaking out. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> man. The <laughs> wife pressure. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I've been that, there, man. That is all. Yeah. And you know, and man, and you know, that trust factor is eroding. Mm-hmm. And now I have an MBA and, uh, you guys are probably the second channel that I've ever shared this publicly with, uh, with the exception of the UW uh, magazine, alumni magazine that I recently shared the story with. Which yeah. is probably still unpublished, but I actually armed with an MBA degree, and in the between having invested all this money into this concept, uh, moving concept, man, I went all the way and just completely went down to zero. Oh. And um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I was still had not taken off, man. And oh, man. it was a scary time. And no job leads were coming through. I was being passed out for job opportunities and making even less than what I used to earn going um, into the MBA. Mm-hmm. So, man, it was actually a very dark time. Yeah. So I took upon uh, actually uh, forging my resume, uh, my resume, and saying that I had a high school degree, and uh, you know, and went to work for a factory with my exec MBA. Oh born, man, that's Seattle. humbling, man. That's humbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's humbling. So. I worked in a factory for six months and trying to just making sure that I can provide food for my kids, yeah. roof on top of their head. And, um, you know, $18 an hour, man. And uh, here I am, man. Yeah, I have to eat that humble pie. So, and, listen, yeah, you're, all in, while it's trying to... you're, you're in good company. Yeah. Shaman and I have both been there, and yes. I think a lot of business owners have been yes. there. You do what Absolutely. you got to do. I call it getting hit in the mouth. You do what you got to do. You do what you got to do, bro. So I, I yeah. punched in, I punched in, punched out, man, yeah. you know, reported to work on time. Yeah. You know, I was working, man. And everybody was saying, man, there's something about you that is really, we can't pick, 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 think, you know, we can't. <laughs> you, you didn't know, go there in the suit, did you? Was you, you know, in the what's, suit? What's happening? It's like, you know, you, 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 you're too good for this place. But it's like, yeah. man, I'm still the guy who's sitting out there, man, you yeah. know, breaking bread with these guys. And, yeah. you know, six months, man, I was up, I joined and until I was able to get, this thing off the ground and re- start going out there and start remarketing and aggressively and start by the time I got my first dollar. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I experienced failure and it was a dark time, yeah. but I kept my head up. So, yeah. and again, the lesson in all is that, you know, it, you know, keep, keep, keep going. Right. And keep that's going, why I always keep say, going. exactly. Yeah. Keep going. So that's why you see in my hashtag is like, get moving, yep. keep moving. 
That's beautiful, bro. That's beautiful. Now we we have all been there, man. We haven't always like I am not a rich man. I know people think I'm balling out of my mind, but I'm not. I got like I got like 38 kids, Godwin. I really do. (laughs) No, I got I got seven. I got seven. But I mean, like even if I was, it all goes to them. Like they all in school and doing all this stuff. They got to look. So trust me, you got you got to do what you got to do. And if sometimes that means your business isn't cutting it. You got to go out and get a job, right. bro. You know, gotta, I, I, I was driving for Lyft for a period of time. I had to do it. There you go. So you got to you gotta do it. You got to do it. Yeah. All right. You got any yeah. final words, Shaman? I, I just love the story, man. That I, was a I, great story, bro. I mean, I think that. Oh, I appreciate it, man. No, I mean, it's it's important. That the entrepreneurship is everything. And I think that, you know, we touched on just ways and just inter-Africa. Strategic partnerships sometimes can be key. Yeah. You know, it all depends on, uh, you know, so if you don't know the lay of the land, just go through the ways of a strategic partner, offset the risk. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, for the most part, it's like, don't be afraid to fail. And I think that's a lot of people get scared, man. Yeah. Um, you know, the minute you put both feet in, man, the universe has a way of taking care of you. You're right. Things, so, things sort of move yeah. out of way and get in alignment, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, just you know, just continuing to stay focused, and if you are passionate about it, it will drive it. Yeah. So there you have it, uh, TNDP listeners. Um, this is Godwin Gabriel, who has a has had or is currently having a successful business in Africa. Stop being scared. There's nothing to be scared of. Africa is just another continent. It's like I know they're going to tell you a whole bunch of uh, sea flies and uh, starving children. Every every person I know who's been there has enjoyed the hell out of it. I've been there. Yeah. It's fantastic. Man, it's fabulous. It's a beautiful place. They, people who Man, people who I, yeah. Go ahead. No, I said if if I could if I could show you guys the view that I'm enjoying right about now here of this pristine Indian Ocean, man, it's yeah. like it's just a beautiful place. It's yeah, a we, very tranquil place, man. Shemana Everybody should make a trek to Africa. Yo, uh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody we, should make a trek. We want to interview you in Tanzania and business. We, we've been talking about this last year. We're going to make it come to fruition. We're going to yeah. go and interview entrepreneurs and uh, business owners and investors in Africa. Right there, we go. Fantastic. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Godwin. That'd be great. You are our, our, our you, first uh, doing business in Africa DBA number one, um, and you've you've enlightened us. You've you've shared your spirit with us, and we inspired, are inspired, eternally man. grateful. I'm stoked up. I'm, I'm, I'm energized. <laughs> that was a very inspirational story. I, you know, man, I appreciate you guys, man. I know you guys are. As I said, I'm equally as proud of you guys too for what you've uh, come, you know, done. And when when you told me about this invitation, man, I told Michael Hall. I said, man. I'm on it. You know, I'm I'm thankful that I was given this opportunity. I'm actually very much honored. To be on oh, show. yeah. And uh, use this. You know, you're welcome. Once we post it up. <laughs> yeah. So shoot it out right. to whoever you want to you want to want to listen to it. All right. So I will text you our address. Sure. And uh, yeah, send us some T-shirts when we have our, our YouTube channel will be up in about, you know, two or three weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll be For wearing sure. them. We'll be wearing them. You got it, my guy. I appreciate you guys, gentlemen. Have a great day. You All as right, well, you bro. Too. Thank bye. you. Bye bye. All right. Take care. Bye bye. All right, that was Godwin Gabriel. That was Doing Business in Africa, number one. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we deeply enjoyed your company. I hope we inspired you today to do good things, uh, to do business. And don't be afraid to fail. Uh, Shaman and I have failed massively. Yes. <laughs> but you're learning. Massively. It's this not is, a full failure if you learn something. This is all, it all comes in way. There's no point in life, even when you're balling and going crazy and out of control like Godwin. Godwin's doing well right now. That's, it's not a secret. It's, it's happening. Um, but there's points within life where you're going to fail. 
you cannot escape it. There's no escape from failure. You know, we have a saying in Islam is after difficulty comes relief. But guess what comes after relief? Difficulty. So you're going to have failure, but just learn from your fails and don't let it keep you down. God, Shaman and I have both have had part time jobs and even full time jobs trying to support our families while we have our businesses growing. So failures happen, but let's keep it going and we get let's go out there and make some money. Yes. All right. Thanks for joining us. One. Doing business in Africa, thirty first podcast, first of the year. Happy New Year. Timing's off. What? What? <laughs> Timing's off. <laughs>